Welcome to How to Conduct a Great Appraisal with me, Joe Hayes. Part two, during the appraisal and follow-up actions. So now we've come to during the appraisal. We've already mentioned that it's a discussion, not a chance for you just to tell them your thoughts. So let's explore different types of questions. Let's also think about the skill of listening to understand rather than to respond and how to capture actions from the meeting. So question types. Now, don't get me wrong. We all know how to ask questions. We do it all day long in many, many different scenarios. But we can also be guilty of slipping into the habit of asking fairly transactional questions. So the simplest question to get the job done quickest. Do you understand? Are you happy? Any questions? So what we're actually doing here, though, is one, leading the other person to give us the answer that we want. Two, making life much more difficult for ourselves as closed questions lead to closed answers. And that, of course, makes relationship building really difficult. Three, it reinforces any confirmation bias that we already had. Four, stifles our own and our team members' creativity and curiosity. But we don't do it on purpose. We just unconsciously stick to those questions because it's easier. An appraisal, though, is a conversation where realistically you want your team member to do most of the talking. So here are some helpful question types to do this. TED questions. To get the conversation started in the first place, if you're anything like me, you get into that room, your mind goes completely blank and you can't even remember your own name, let alone how you want to start that conversation. TED questions really help with this. So we've got, tell me. Here's some examples. Tell me about this last year for you. Tell me about your biggest achievement. Tell me how you're feeling in your role. Tell me about your goals. So tell me questions are really, really great for getting people talking. You can actually just even use that phrase. Instead of tell me, just say, talk to me about. It's a really nice, friendly way of starting a conversation. Explain. So here's some examples of explain. Explain how you came up with X, Y, and Z. Explain your thought process here. Explain where you see this going. Now, this is really great for planners, for pragmatists, and of course, for quite logical thinkers. And finally, describe. So here are some examples. Describe what the next year looks like for you. Describe a successful day. Describe your vision for the team. This is really helpful for visual people. It's great for those people who like goals, and it can also be hugely helpful for introverts. Around about 70% of the population are visual learners, and this can be really helpful to get people uh, actually thinking about what the future looks like. So I tend to have quite a lot of TED questions prepared just to start a conversation off or to probe further once we're chatting. What I don't do is stick rigidly to a list of questions because then I'm just not listening to their responses. As well as TED questions, it can be really helpful to plan how to open up the conversation further. And I use Birds and Rugby Post to do this. So the Rugby Post are your how questions. We then have who, what, where, when, 
and the ever so slightly different Y-bird just sitting outside of the rugby posts. Just as with the TED questions, these are open, so they lead to free information. So instead of, do you have any questions? You might ask, what questions do you have? Instead of, do you think your goal is achievable? You might ask, when do you think you'll achieve this goal? Or, who can support you to achieve your goals? Now, the why question is a little bit different in that this will give you more of those drivers behind someone's actions. So it can be quite emotive. Um, and generally, we're not great at asking emotive or probing questions because it can make people feel uncomfortable or challenged. And that includes ourselves. So there can be an uncomfortable silence after a why question. That's brilliant. It's when they're thinking. It might be an idea, though, to consider how you ask this question, because it can sometimes sound like a small child or even a CID interrogation. So I often use a phrase like, so what's behind that then? Or talk to me about that decision rather than why did you do that? The most important thing here is just to keep asking the questions, probe deeper, find out their whys. It tells you so much more about the reasons for people doing what they do. And it's one of the fastest ways to build a relationship. But there's no point asking these fantastic questions if we're only asking them to tick a box or to respond as if we hadn't even heard what they said. Stephen Covey, in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uses the phrase, listen to understand rather than to respond. And I think that sums it beautifully up. Listening can feel a bit uncomfortable, but... I encourage you just embrace that silence because that's when people are thinking. If we close that silence down, we may as well have never asked the question in the first place. So how do we do this? How do we go about listening to understand? Well, the Chinese have a brilliant way of simply explaining this. Their symbol Ting is the symbol for listening and they identify the five things that are needed to listen well. Ears, obviously. Uh, ears to hear, quite obvious, but uh, it's hearing the unsaid as well as the said. Eyes, to read body language. If the body language is not congruent with the words being used, what are they actually saying? Undivided attention, being genuinely interested and curious and putting aside any distractions, preconceived ideas, bias and our own agendas. Mind. Well, to think, to process what we're hearing, allow our minds to turn this into language that we understand and make logical sense of. And then heart, to feel. Now, this is really key to listening to understand. This is really feeling what someone is telling us. It's where your why questions are critical. Being genuinely curious takes a lot of skill, particularly if you're listening to someone who is very different to you or who triggers that chimp brain in you. But by putting aside your own agenda or your bias and actively choosing to ask more why questions, you can train yourself to get interested in subjects or people who might otherwise not float your boat. It also teaches you a lot about yourself and it opens your mind to new ideas. We've discussed distractions a little already, but the modern world is full of them. Just turn this on its head for a moment. How would you feel if you were talking to somebody who clearly wanted to read their emails, go for something to eat, be outside, interrupt your flow, put their own agenda on you? Now just consider what you can do to create an environment 
when neither of you are going to be distracted by either internal or external distractions. So as a result of this two-way conversation, chances are there may be loads of actions to capture. You're not responsible for doing all of this capturing. There is a lot of ownership on the individual here. So I encourage you, get your team member to summarise any actions as you're going through the appraisal so that they're taking the responsibility. And then we come on to following the appraisal. So this isn't just a meet up once a year, have a good chat, that's the end of that. Following the appraisal, there are three things to consider. So there's some uh, forms that are going to help you to capture the actions. As we've said, make sure the ownership sits with your team member. You can find all of these um, in the word templates. So there is the appraisal form itself. There is a development plan. And I also just want you to consider having regular check-ins or one-to-ones. So in terms of the appraisal form itself, this is different depending on what area of the firm you sit in. But essentially, it all looks uh, the same. So you're talking about what's happened during the previous year. You're talking about uh, the values, the culture of the firm, what they've got involved with, uh, how they've done towards their objectives as well as outside their objectives. And then there's place to capture their actions going forward. Prior to the meeting, chances are your team member will have already filled in their section. After the meeting, this is your chance to put your comments on there. But anything in terms of future actions, make sure that ownership sits with your um, member of your team. The development plan, very similarly, the development plan is all about how your team member wants to develop themselves. Make sure the ownership sits with them. Give them chance to have a look through this development plan. Give them time and space to complete any of the actions that they've summarised during that appraisal. And then ensure that you are checking that, that it's actually um, going to work in reality, that it's practical and that they've got ways that they can be supported. And then finally, you don't have to just meet once a year with your people. I would encourage you to have regular check-ins or one-to-ones with your people whenever it works for your area of the business, for you and for your person. The most important thing is this appraisal is a conversation. It's not a form-filling exercise. It's not a box-ticking exercise. It's a conversation. The paperwork just captures those actions. Now, go on to Cascade. Click on course listings and book yourself on one of those practical workshops with me. One is handling difficult conversations. The second is how to conduct a successful appraisal. And you can find all the links to the resources you need all on Engage. Thanks so much for listening.